Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast, doing a number of series, or you know, I guess you could say we did a monthly series called Stories of Becoming More Human. I've had the opportunity to catch up with some experts and innovators in education, so see those podcasts. But I think one of my favorite podcast conversations to have is Leadership Lessons from Lasso. And it's with friends of mine who are educators, who are leaders, um, who've taken a bit, you know, from the Ted Lasso um, show. And, you know, we love it. We talk about it. But today I'm with a, a friend of mine that I've known for about a decade, or maybe a little over, had the opportunity to work with him for 10 years, and then also had the opportunity to get to know his family in some ways. But um, really excited to be with um someone who's from San Jose, California, Drew Snellgrove. So Drew, just jump in. Give us, give us something from Ted Lasso and from that show that, you know, it's kind of, here's a leadership lesson that I drew out of it. Yeah, no problem. You know, one of the things as a, as a basketball coach, you know, you sometimes watch it with a critical eye, like hey, it's really not going to work that way. Or, you know, to be that positive, all the time, just it's going to wear on the players. People are going to get tired of it. And, and I think we see a little bit of that uh, in the first season. Um, but as we go through that, sometimes you can take what Ted, uh, Ted does and how do we apply it to our lives? How do we, how do we do it within, you know, a basketball program for, you know, for say, or let's say leadership in education, or even as, you know, I, as I'm working on a doctorate, as, as I begin to look at these, studies, we begin to see almost that the writers of Ted Lazo, they, they could be writing directly from some of these studies. And it's, it's so encouraging to be able to be a coach, uh, to be able to see this, this program, be able to uh, explore different areas of coaching, uh, the backside of athletics, if you will, and, and how that applies to education as we move forward. So, you know, a couple of things that, that, you know, as a coach, I want to present, you know, five things that, you know, that really impacted me in the first two seasons, not just this last season, but the first two seasons, you know. And so, you know, one of the things that really hit me and I think maybe has been hit on in your podcast before is uh, the shower scene uh, when um, they say that the shower is not is not producing and they go in there and they talk about, oh, there's a prostate problem there. And and they go ahead and <laughs> they go in to fix that. And. So one of the things that I always do as a program builder is the first thing I do is fix something that means something to the team or, you know, fix something that means something to the program that I'm, I'm been hired to work on. And, and I really think that that sends a message that it's not about the leader, but it's about this program that we're about to move forward in. And what better to know the problems of a, of a program or, a, a, you know, a school than the people that are currently there. And I thought it was very insightful to have, you know, Nate present the box of all the suggestions and all that. And, and to be able to, to draw out the one thing that could change the minds of the players that really impacts them on a daily basis. And so that, that first thing I would suggest to the coaches that I mentor is find something you can fix. And, and that was demonstrated clearly in the first season. I thought it was so awesome. The second thing I always like to do is I need to find somebody that can come alongside me as a leader. Uh, if I'm coming into a new school, if I'm coming into uh, a new program, 
you know, I'm all by myself. Either if I brought somebody with me, we're still the odd man out. We're still uh, not comfortable with where we are. And so the show really shows this mentoring aspect that I, I really liked. And even though, even though it kind of turns south in the, in the second season, and I think there'll be a redemptive quality for Nate later on, but, you know, I think it's real important that leaders find their Nates or find their Achilles. Um, find somebody that you can lift up and bring up and move up and move forward. <clears throat> and we see that through Nate's journey, his, his arc of his character. Um, now he has, he has cut off the communication with Ted in the sense that um, he was wanting Ted to talk to him instead of him going to talking to Ted. So that becomes this, this uh, grind of this tension. And that's where we see season two end. And we'll talk more about that in a second. So Drew, let me jump in real quick because because I want to sit and ponder this a little bit because sure. you, you hit two you hit two things like fix the shower and you, then you see Roy it's like oh yeah he did fix the shower and you do talk about mentoring and a lot of times I think people do get hung up on the 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 mentoring of Nate um, partly because of the twist of the story right but what about the mentoring of Roy right that goes back to fix the shower. True. And, you know, it's, it's funny if you see the three, the three mentoring arcs of Roy, Nate, and Keeley, Roy's is the most abrupt. His comes at a time where he is lost. Uh, Nate wasn't lost. He had his job. He knew what he was doing. Keeley um, was, quote unquote, semi-famous. And so with Roy, the mentoring was like almost a soft pedal. He, he, he had to go eat at that, uh, that, that food place. I, for, I forgot what the food was. And he had to kind of meet him where he was. He wasn't going to be in the fold, if you will. So in a sense of Nate and Keeley, they were inside the organization still, but Roy had left the organization and it was Ted having to reach out and go find him. And I think it, it's, again, just like you were saying, those mentoring arcs, are still, even though they're different, they're almost the same same shape, if you will. Nate's was abrupt. And they gave him, you know, the coaching job. Keeley's was more soft pedal. You know, she kind of worked her way into it, you know, being the nomadic office that she had in the, um, you know, in the PR room and then, you know, in down in the basement where she finally ended up. And now, of course, now she's, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's not watched it, but you know, become a CEO of her own company, which is, again, a mentoring release. But but with Roy, by Ted bringing him back into the team, he, he demonstrates to Nate, you know, I'm going to love you through all the mistakes you have, but Nate's not willing to go that route. He's not willing to accept that. So let me let me go. Let me take you a little deeper here because I want to I want to ponder this a little bit with you because I know you got other things but I, I want to focus <laughs> on on this because you brought it up um often as a coach is and, and you've been there too some of our most difficult players some of the most um the players that we often be the most fearful of or the the players that are prickly um we don't mentor right we, we find the easier ones to mentor. We find the pleasant ones. You know, there's Sam. We find, you know, but 
how, how do you or how have you as a coach, and you've had a broad array of experiences and you've been around difficult people and difficult players and, you know, interesting personalities, prickly to just disinterested in, in all kinds of different ways. And I've seen it. How do you as a person and as a leader step into that place and say, you know what, I'm going to engage, even though it might end up hurting in the process? <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and again, it really plays out similar to that Roy Kent experience that we saw, you know, on the television, you know, where Ted had to go out of his comfort zone, go into a place that he's not comfortable with, and be able to sit and listen to what, what the player wants. Um, you know, I have so many experiences with players coming from very difficult situations where, you know, they they're being offered scholarships at so many other colleges and I have to find a way to connect with them at their level. And not only that, once they're in our fold, you know, as, as a college or whatever, then we have to mentor them where they are. And so we have to get to know them. And it takes, sometimes it takes a long time and the prickliness can look like I kick you out of practice or, you know, you're suspended for a couple of games and, I have one kid um, that I thought I was a mentor, mentor failure. I mean, um, caught him smoking, um, kicked him off the team. Uh, but I told him I want to meet with him once a week until his school year's over, and then we'll help him find another school. And uh, met with him, um, really was repentive, um, loved the guy to death, but just at the, at the facility, the school I was uh, coaching at that moment, uh, they just weren't really forgiveness of that. So it was more, more like a, a, a force separation rather than, you know, Roy Kent retiring. And through the time that we mentored towards the end of the school year, uh, he went off on his own way and never heard from him for 10 years. Uh, got a phone call from him, um, said, coach, I'm, I'm graduating with a master's degree and it's all because you kicked me off the team. So the things that we think are mentoring are, and we feel like a failure, all of a sudden become the success. And now he called me in August, giving me pictures of his kid playing on uh, North Carolina's court. And I said, oh, you're visiting, you know, Chapel Hill. That's so cool. He goes, no, coach, I'm enrolled as a doctorate. I'm in a doctorate program at University of North Carolina. He goes, my dream school. And and he, he said, it all comes back to one thing you told me. And I totally forgot that I said this. He says, the game will never say I love you. And he goes, I love the game so much that I was destroying education. I was destroying family. And sometimes it comes down to one, one word, one phrase. And we see that, I think, with Ted, with, with Roy, you know, where I think he, he says, uh, do what you're meant to do. And so that that one phrase is still really the summation of the mentoring from Ted to Roy to really get to Roy to think, you know, when he goes back onto the pundit stage, he's thinking about what am I meant to do? And that mentor mentorship phrase became the most important thing in Roy's transition into becoming coach. So so let me ask you know the question because you hit on it, right? Maybe this last question I'll ask you, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up a little bit of our time together, but you make a great statement, mentor where they are, right? 
and and you're in this journey too, right? And you know, we see Ted, right, and the coach go through his own journey, and you even get an episode like a bizarre episode of like the beard episode, like what is this? But there is that process he's going through too. So I think a lot of times people don't look at the mentor as also walking their own journey and stepping into that. But but my question is is a little bit, and you reference Nate, and we won't give any giveaways. But when there is in, you know, when you've, when you've given someone an opportunity, you've created space for them. You, you, you've done some of the things for them that, that, you know, they're not grateful for, or they're actually think, you know, it's like, Hey, I didn't need you to get where I was or where I was going, you know, and how do you deal with on the same side where it's like, you know what, you've got this process and you've got difficult people. And then you think you're doing a great job with somebody. And then it turns around on you and it's like oh I maybe took that relationship for granted or you know what I poured a lot into there and there's just not gratitude returned in the process like how do you deal with that as a coach where it's like oh I thought I was successful here and no (laughs) yeah no I think that that really comes to probably the the fifth point I was going to make today that everybody is in transition you know if we look at you know the whole cast has been in this, this arc of transition. And as a coach, when you're mentoring somebody, you, you want to realize that they're in a transition phase. And I would, I would also suggest that if you're mentoring someone, you're mentoring them to change. So sometimes that change is what you want. Sometimes the change is what they need. And sometimes that change of what they need is not to build a relationship with you as a coach. And so you know, uh, I really think it's important, and I think again, parlays back into Dr. Sharon that that we need to realize that there's the flip side of everything, right? Um, football is life, but football is also death. But sometimes football is just football. So, you know, the, these these little little quotes that that Ted Lasso gives all the way through it really re- gives us as a coach or as a leader or as a principal or something of a, of a school leader that we need to be sure to look at both sides of the coins when we're mentoring someone. And we're all, we always want this, this, this positive story outcome that where we can put on the website, but sometimes that journey, it hasn't gone to its depth yet. And that journey might, you might be the one sustaining them for another mentor to come in and to, they're the ones that are going to be lifting that person up. Um, so sometimes we're just the, we're the, we're the scaffolding to support them through this transition from who they think they are to where they might become. And that might become is going to be mentored by someone else. So I I think if we have this framework that everyone's in transition and as leaders, we can see both sides of the coins of good and bad transition. I think at that point, I think we're going to be okay. Personally, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to invest so much of our life into them to where we damage our own relationships. And I think that's where Ted at the end has to see uh, or seeks out Sharon and really is in the process of healing himself and really made me think, honestly, you know, it's like, wow, you know, who's, who's coming alongside of me and healing me instead of I'm always trying to heal somebody. And so as a coach, as a leader, I think that's something we also need to be aware of. And I think, I think, you know, the show has done a phenomenal job of, of opening that up, you know, in a masculine society of, of sport where um, to be sensitive to our needs. And so I think that's, 
I hopefully that answers your question because that's kind of what I was thinking in the sense that that if if we're mentoring other people and we also need to realize that our mentorship, the words we say might not always be what they need. And so at that point, we need to be able to surround them good or bad in decisions that they choose to walk away from us. Well, I think, I think if I could sum up like um, really interesting, you know, kind of, kind of thought process, like fix the shower to build the relationship. Then as you step into the mentoring relationship and you step into that relationship, it's, you know, it's you engage where they're at, you know, mentor where they are. And then, and then you, you, you did say, you know, mentor in the transitions. And then sometimes like, you know, the transition, they don't, they may not want you or need you anymore. You know, and that, that's a huge point of, of really kind of like thinking about, I think a lot of times, you know, we as coaches oftentimes want to be needed and we tie our need into, you know, the, the quality of relationship. And sometimes those relationships change and, and hopefully the desire is that we're not needed anymore. And so, Drew, incredible stuff. Love it. Thank you. No, thank you so much for having me and uh, wonderful uh, time listening and, and hearing everybody else's thoughts and look forward to more, more episodes coming.